0: You're listening to MTL Bike Thief, Episode 5, a pod play about rebellion and bike theft during Montreal's summer of protests. Be warned, it's full of swearing, violence, and terrible jokes. Remember, it's meant to be taken in the spirit of good humor, even if you don't think it's very funny. Chapter 18. Bail me out once, shame on me. Bail me out twice... It had only been two hours since Plant had lost track of Sarah, and yet somehow she'd managed to firmly entrench herself in yet another crime scene, this one more gruesome than the last. The responding officer described the scene as thus, really, really fucked. When he tried to get a statement, all Sarah managed to muster was, and so Plant resigned himself to another night of paperwork and misery as he reviewed his case notes. They'd recovered her bike and placed it into evidence, while simultaneously checking it against the bike they confiscated from Godwin's office. What do you mean, they don't match? He was upset to see that Godwin's bike was fully intact, except for the brakes, putting his hunch to rest that Sarah had swapped bike parts for some as yet unclear nefarious purpose. But it still didn't explain how the frame from another bike registered to Godwin ended up on her own. When Plant stepped into the interrogation room, he couldn't help but feel déjà vu. There was Sarah beside her oddly giddy lawyer, whom Plant assumed was mentally calculating the massive fee he was going to charge Sarah's father. It's good to see you again.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: I'd say it's about time you put me on retainer. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Detective Plant had reviewed her transcript five times And each time it seemed more ridiculous than the last Bathhouse Mafia and My client already uh-huh. A red square conspiracy Again, my client uh-huh. And art supply zones across the city My client wishes to withhold from They're organized Okay, I can see you're not
1: really a team player, Sarah. Uh, the red squares are organized These ones are uh-huh. Godwin was their leader and they were planning something
2: How are you involved?
1: I... I'm not. So
2: you just end up smack dab in the middle of their meeting by pure chance.
1: I was looking for Don. (laughs) Right,
2: right. the bathhouse mafia Don, who was nowhere to be found in the bathhouse. He
1: stole my bike.
2: Which you miraculously recovered before confronting him.
1: Yeah, but I wanted... You wanted... What did you want? I wanted to know why.
2: Okay, let's start at the beginning. How did you become involved with Godwin?
1: was just there to fix his
0: computer! I don't believe you. You have to! Actually, he doesn't. That's kind of his thing. Plot could see he was going nowhere in a hurry. Right now, he had one extra body and fewer leads than when he started. This time, he'd let her stew in holding and ask for a bail so high no one in their right mind would ever post it. Anytime you want to start telling the truth,
2: I'm ready to listen. Until then, stop jerking me off! <laughs>
1: Around. Not... What? Not off. I'm not jerking you off.
0: No, but you're gonna, you're gonna, you know what I meant. Through the two-way mirror, he continued to listen in on their conversation.
3: Well, they're gonna keep you in holding until they either decide to charge you or let you go. Either way, you're definitely a person of interest. And honestly, they'll probably set your bail at a million bucks just to
0: keep you here. So just hang tight. And don't worry, they don't really have anything concrete yet. Unless there's something you... Think they might find? No,
1: because I didn't do anything wrong.
0: Perfect. That's it. That's the story. Stick to it and we're gold. I'll update your father.
1: Wait, can can I talk to
3: him? I'll let him know you want to talk, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Plant left her there to stew in her own mess for the better part of six hours. Each time he came back to speak with her, she offered the same answer.
1: The Bathhouse Mafia. Huh and the Red Squares all right. are plotting to do something. Sure. And
0: it involves my bike, yeah. person, and maybe shit. Okay, <laughs> then. He thought that time and pressure might yield a pearl, but instead all he was left with was a rancid clam. At a quarter to midnight, Plant took a break, closing his eyes for a brief power nap. He had a dream that seemed to him like some perverted Broadway show. There was singing and dancing and violence, and most importantly, a screwdriver lodged deep into Godwin's brain. The sort of screwdriver used to take bikes apart, or swap them around. He woke up with his chair collapsing against the floor, and had a sudden urge to call Mr. Beaulieu, the bike mechanic. If both Godwin and Sarah had their bikes from this store, maybe he could find the answers in their receipts. Maybe the bikes were a a rite of passage, like the Hells Angels buying their first Harley. He knew in his gut, if there was an answer out there, it was in the bikes. He needed this break, badly. But perhaps he could try one last time to talk with Sarah. Maybe he'd get lucky. Maybe she'd slip up. But this time, as he marched across the station to the interrogation room, he was surprised to see that Sarah had transformed into a rotund man in a cheap three piece suit. It was about then that he noticed the sun was already up and realized he'd slept through the night.
2: Hey, what happened to Miss Lee? Oh, someone posted bail. What? (laughs) Yeah, crazy, right? Who's got a half million cash lying around?
0: This was not what Plant wanted to hear. He grabbed his coat and made a beeline for the door.
2: Oh, and Detective Marchand from Arson was trying to reach you. Arson? Yeah. Something about a bike shop?
0: Plant stood eerily still for what felt like an hour, but was closer to three minutes as little by little the whole room took notice. Uh... sir? Plant then rushed from the station and drove at breakneck speed to Bollier's shop, which was now cordoned off by fire crews still working on the smouldering remains. And poor Mr. Bollier, alone and confused, wrapped in the requisite emergency blanket, stared blankly at his life's work in ashes. Mr. Bollier. Boom. Big boom. Uh, are you all right? Even as the words left his mouth, Plant knew how pointless they were. Bollier's hollow stare reaffirmed this thought. Of course, he was not all right. His reason for getting up in the morning had gone up in smoke. But at the risk of sounding like a prick, Plant needed to know. Were. Uh, were all your records in there? Again, the blank stare. Yes. I'm so sorry, Mr. Bollier him. Who? Godwin. Now it was Plant's turn to stare. I, uh, I can assure you
4: he's passed on. He's reaching out from beyond the grave to finish what he started. The city. He always wanted his own city. And now he's getting it. Fuck it! I'm going to Florida!
0: Plant stood in silence, struggling to process what this might have meant. And in doing so, a familiar odor crept into his nose. It was the lingering scent of shit that filled the air around them. Not from a bike, but in the air itself, almost dispersed into it. The same scent he'd come to associate with Sarah and her bike. And then a light went off in his head. Oh God. Not shit, but rather a shit bomb. Chapter 19. Let's get textual. Sarah spent 24 hours in the same blood, sweat, and urine-soaked clothes knowing only the latter two were her own. She was desperate to get out of the hell that was her holding cell, but knew there was no way in hell her father would post a million dollars bail. Hell, he wouldn't go a buck above half a mil. Lee, you're free to go. Which is exactly where the judge said it. Sarah stepped back into the beating midday sun, surprised to find someone actually waiting for her. Alay. I was a slammer. Uh You want to crash in my place? It's all right. No strings. Just. Let's just get through this. Thank you. As they ubered back into the mile end, Sarah couldn't help but feel the faintest sense of relief. She didn't know where they stood as a couple, but knowing he was okay and still cared about her, even just a little, made her feel all warm and tingly in less exciting but more fulfilling places, like her heart.
1: I wanted to see. She's fine. Huh? Sam? Oh, shit. I completely forgot.
0: Sarah and L.A. made their way back into his open concept loft, with Sarah passing out on the couch in the back. She was overcome with the urge to sleep, half ignoring L.A. as he stripped her blood-soaked clothes and replaced them with whatever she'd inadvertently left at his apartment.
1: Uh, You hungry? Huh? Oh, sure. I could use some chow-chow. What? Yep. Food me. Okay. Tuna? Yummy.
4: Also, I really wanted to talk to you.
0: Mayo? Huh? Oh, uh uh-huh. Sarah, lacking a certain oomph in her headrest, grabbed her messenger bag and used it as a pillow. It was here that she finally realized that one of Seb's stun gun darts had pierced her red square sticker. It's kind of a delicate subject, but mustard? Mm -hmm. Uh Curious, she peeled it back, finding another more intricately designed red square underneath. But this one was different. More than an emblem. It looked like a coat. has to do with more coffee. It was exactly like the QR codes they used at work, most likely because it was a QR code. A small, unique assembly of lines into a square that, when scanned with a smartphone, links to something on the World Wide Web. Cream?
1: No shit.
0: Well, yeah, or I could check to see if the milk's still good.
1: Fuck me!
0: By the time LA realized she was no longer listening, Sarah had scanned the code with her phone. Or I could just jerk off into your sandwich. Uh-huh. Whatever you want. The site that came up as Sarah scanned the code had a small 404 message, meaning the link she tried to reach was not available. Either the site was down or her phone was. What intrigued her, though, was the name on the URL. Phoenicia. Where had she heard that before? I need you to listen to me, okay? We need to talk. It's
1: code! No, I'm
4: being as forthright as I can, okay? No games, no codes. No, my
1: sticker. It's a QR code that links to Godwin's index file. His what? The index file to his research. Anisha. Problem is, I can't find the server.
4: But you have the index file.
1: We all do. Every one of those red squares I met yesterday. That's what Will was saying. All they need is the server to go live. The server has Godwin's notes, and they all have... The key. Fuck. If I had the server, I could show Plunt, Then maybe They'd
4: drop the charges. Yeah. Did Will? Does he have it?
1: Uh, I don't know, dude.
4: Well, we should find out.
1: Can't I just sit this one out? Let the fuzz do their job.
4: Did Plant believe you about the Red Square conspirators? No. We'll make him believe you. Don't give him a shadow of a doubt. Don't be a passive observer to your future. Be a...
1: Active observer? Yes!
4: And, and no, I mean, fuck! Do something! For once! Instead of blaming everyone else, letting it all bite you in the ass, take charge!
1: I... ugh. Fuck! Do I have to?
0: This unusual pep talk seemed to once again stir something up deep inside her. She liked the new L.A. He had spunk. She could get used to his spunk. And before she knew it, they were around the corner at a Bixie stand. Son of a bitch! And the two of them made their way downtown with Sarah's usual attention to safety. By the time they arrived at Elaine's office in the urban planning building, students were already gathering in the lounge, preparing for that night's protest. Who is it?
1: Oh, shit. I never called Sam. Sorry. Can't meet at Alain's office. Talk. Later?
4: Sarah, focus. Look, why don't you ask them about Will? He's pretty well known about the student body here. I'm going to go back and check my notes, see if I can't get an address.
0: Cool, cool.
4: And Sarah, please, let's try to stay sober.
0: Cool. Sarah had every intention of staying level-headed that night. Her freedom, nay, her very life, was on the line.
1: Hey there! Hey,
0: how's it going?
1: It's going. Listen, have you guys seen Will? Like, short Asian Will? No. German Will? Uh, no, I don't think so. Will the TA... Yes. Well, a bunch of us are meeting here before we join the demo. He'll probably stop by. Cool. Hey, you want a beer? Uh, you know what? I would very much like a beer. Yes.
0: Some goals she thought were never that realistic. Chapter twenty: The Shitty Double Cross.
5: Madame, Madame, peux-tu m'entendre?
0: See here. And smell you, sweetie. Sam awoke in the back of an ambulance en route to saint justin Hospital. She couldn't help but wonder what went on after her lights went out. What happened to Sarah and Alain? Or that fat fuck with the taser. After a brief medical exam and a lengthy interview with the police, Sam checked herself out from the ER against medical advice and sidled her way back to her bar, which in her absence had failed to open. She tried briefly to reach Sarah and Alain, but neither one was answering. By the time she'd managed to crack open the front door of her bar, it was 9pm, and her reliable clientele had presumably already passed out in someone else's shithole. So Sam sat brooding over what she'd done. The bravado, the adrenaline, the small amount of coke, and wondered whether she'd actually helped to beat Dom over the head with his prized priapic statuette, or whether she'd made it up in all the excitement.
5: What the hell
0: did I do? As the night wore on, it became increasingly obvious that she'd lost a day of business. By 12, she closed the bar and took a special bottle of prized rotgut bourbon from the freezer. By the time she finished her bottle, the liquor had done its job. Her mind was still, but her heart still pumping. Sam's perfect state of zen. She drifted off into a deep and restless sleep, replete with red square students singing and dancing around with large plaster dicks. Wakey,
3: wakey. Eggs and bakey.
0: Sam awoke to the sudden and disturbing vision of a man in tight leather pants pointing a pearl-gripped revolver in her face.
5: Of all the gin joints in all the
0: world... I'm sorry, I can't remember the rest. Let's have us a little chat. You and me. Uh, uh. It wasn't until Sam had been flipped upside down that she even realized she was lying on the bar. But as Dom slipped the revolver into her mouth... Sam understood he was playing for keeps. What? Since a a problem. You stole my Seb. What? <sighs> Dom reluctantly took the revolver from Sam's mouth to better understand her. A gun, though powerful, rarely helped with diction. What are you talking about? Seb. They killed my Seb. This was news to Sam, and she could see in Dom's face that he wasn't bluffing. Dom was actually upset genuine human
3: emotion. I want answers. We all want answers. Then I guess one of us better start answering. You like tequila? I like tequila.
0: Dom waited, then nodded. Sam slowly rolled off the bar. After steadying herself, she reached for a bottle of cheap full agave tequila from behind the bar. Maybe it was the salt, or maybe the lime, but whatever the reason, tequila seemed to heal all wounds. Except those specifically caused by it.
5: He wasn't trying to hurt you, you know. Alain, I mean. Honest. He was just worried about Sarah.
3: He beat me with my own plaster dick statue. Modeled
5: on yourself, I hope. I liked your dick.
3: I liked it too. But that don't compare to Sib.
5: I know. And I'm having a real hard time trying to understand what happened between them and Seb. See, I don't remember so good after Seb sat on my head.
3: (sighs) Yeah, that sounds like Seb. In silent synchronicity,
0: they licked the salt, slammed the tequila, and ate the lime wedge. This, Sam was certain, was the sole reason she'd never contracted scurvy. I think an apology is in order.
5: From the depths of my heart. I want your bar. That's not funny.
3: Neither is getting the wind knocked out of you by an asshole with a plastered dick, or losing your best friend. The first one's a little funny. You just keep digging, don't you? The bar's not for sale. That's my price for you to walk away from this, but I'm always open to other forms of payment. That girlfriend of yours, Sarah Berners-Lee. Honey, she's just a little thing. She's a shit storm on two legs, capable of sucking anyone up into her fucked up path. She's gotta pay for her transgressions. Why do you want her? You gonna help
5: me? Let me hear the story before I tell you the
3: ending. (sighs) Well, that kid who died a few days back in that protest, a few weeks before that, he and this old fella asked Seb and me to step in and provide protection.
5: You're really branching out, aren't you?
3: Well, we gave them a place to talk. And protection to say whatever they wanted. And what did they say? A whole lot of shit. There's gonna be a party tonight. And everyone in Montreal is invited. A coup for the city proper.
5: I'm sorry. I think I may have some crazy in my ear. I know, it sounds...
3: stupid. Hell, it is. It ain't my plan.
5: So what do you want?
3: I want to make money. Only there's no money in coups. Not for me. No, I intend on making my money off the sons and daughters of the revolution. A lot of our freedom fighters have deep pockets and conservative parents. If this thing fails, they'll do just about anything to keep it quiet. But for that, I need Sarah. And I need the brakes. I see.
5: And if I say yes?
3: I leave you alone. For good. And you leave Sarah to me. Here, the small pieces of the puzzle began
0: fitting together. Sam poured them both another drink and took a long, hard look at her moral flexibility. Well, what'll it be? Chapter 21 The Author of the Chaos. It was promptly after shotgunning her third beer that Sarah began to feel a little faint and took a moment to rest up on the couch neglecting to take into account the fact that there was no couch.
1: Oh, shit.
0: After getting back up and cleaning what she hoped was mud from her jeans, Sarah took stock of the three empty cans and realized that at least ten minutes had gone by since Alain went to his office. Worried, Sarah procured a roadie and wandered off towards the faculty rooms.
1: Alain, I have a confession to make. I think your students have a drinking problem. What
0: she didn't expect, and what left her dumbstruck, was finding Will and Alain literally at each other's throats. Beside them, a box of used bike parts, with a brake pad sitting like a cherry on top. Hey, Will. Hey! Neither Will nor Alain knew how to react. That is, until Will grabbed a pen from the desk and stabbed Alain in the thigh. Ah! In an instant, Will palmed the brake pad and bolted for the window, leaving Sarah frozen like a deer in sexy headlights. Without thinking, she raised the nearly full can of beer in her hand and Sarah pelted him on the head. Watching him fall to the ground like an attractive rag doll. The
1: fuck! You assless cunt. Okay, one at a time. What the hell is going on? The brake. What? The brake
3: pad. Take it.
0: Sarah looked down at the brake pad now resting on the ground in a puddle of beer. She jumped for it beating Will by a split second. Step on it. Destroy it. Don't don't you fucking
1: dare. I what is going on? It's the
4: future! It's Godwin's research. Don't be so modest, it's your work too, Professor!
1: Alay?
0: It was about this time that Sarah finally realized the pile of spare parts on Alay's desk were the leftovers from her night of bike surgery. But why the hell were they there?
1: Is it the break what Dom was looking for? Yes! Godwin's brakes!
0: Sarah fumbled with the brake pad until finding a small latch which opened up to a USB drive.
1: A USB key and brake pad. Drug
0: dealers and anarchists destroy it, Sarah! Just
1: hang the fuck on, okay? We said we needed it, right? Or. Wait, where did this come from? It was
2: on Godwin's bike, but then he gave it to Greg for safekeeping when LA turned on us.
1: Wait, I'm really confused. Godwin gave his brake pad to Greg, then Greg put it on his bike. I took his bike. No,
2: LA took his bike.
1: Wait. No, Greg fell, and I took his bike. Didn't I? L.A.
4: Sarah, for the love of God, destroy it!
1: I don't understand! Oh. Oh. Oh, you were there that night, after the protest. Yes. You helped me get home. Yes. You took the break and left the bike at my place. Yes. Did I fuck around with the pieces? I
4: can only assume so.
0: It
1: does kind of sound like me, but... Why were you at the protest?
0: Sarah, I... I'm so sorry! The pause, that felt like an eternity but was in fact three seconds, left Sarah wondering about the nature of her own reality. How long had Alain been lying to her? What else had she forgotten from the night of the protest? Was there, in fact, any form of objective reality she could rely on, or is life simply a string of subjective encounters colored by prejudice and substance abuse? Then she realized...
1: Oh my god! You killed Gray
4: And Godwin! What? Sarah, you need to listen to me. They stole
2: my work. Oh, fuck that. This man is obviously psychotic.
1: LA, what the hell is going on?
4: (laughs) Maybe we should talk in private. No, LA! At the Christmas party, Godwin and I got drunk and we... We started talking about all the things we hate about Montreal, just bullshitting between colleagues, and it came down to one solution. Separate. What? Become our own city-state. It's kind of what he was all about in the 70s before he went into academia. I mean, we're different enough socially, economically, geographically. The only problem would be getting rid of Quebec and Canada. that is the
2: dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, no, no you got to give it a chance. Big ideas take it, time. It became
4: a joke between us, and we worked on it as an academic exercise. We had two copies that we kept hidden well, but because of the, some of the stuff was pretty murdery. Then L.A. panicked and took his
2: copy and threatened to go to the cops. So Godwin gave Greg his copy for safekeeping. No one
1: back up their work to the cloud! It's
2: encrypted with blockchain, like those stupid cryptocurrencies. You can't copy it, only transfer
4: it. Sarah, Godwin and I worked on this as an idea. Then some students got involved and everything went to shit. I, I couldn't let them do this. Godwin and Greg, they, they were never supposed to put it into practice. I mean, a few dozen students taking over an entire city, it's, it's when the rest insane. Of the
2: protesters hear our rallying cry, they'll come to our aid. This is what they've been waiting for. A real cause to follow. Y- you know what? You're just like every other pansy-ass academic. Too afraid to actually take direct action. To do something it's instead of just talking about it. It's an intellectual exercise. Sarah, if they get that drive. Sarah, I'd like to show you what we're working on.
4: People are going to die. In case you forgot, people are already dead, Professor. We need to destroy that drive. Do you understand? Break it, burn it, throw it in the toilet. Sarah, you
2: don't have to do anything you don't want to. You are your own woman. Godwin trusted you enough to give you a badge. I, I I don't know why. I don't. But he wanted you to have it. And now that you do, you get to make a choice. What the hell kind of choice is this? Who the fuck am I supposed to listen to? Break the break. Break the break. Don't break the break. Sarah, think about this for a minute. Don't blindly follow your boyfriend. You have the power to change things for the better.
1: Oh, fuck, man. Sarah!
0: Deep down, you know what's right! As Sarah pondered the potential danger of the drive in her hand, looking from the two-time murderer whom she loved to the would-be murderer with a killer body, she felt utterly lost. Then, she felt a thick hand reach across her shoulder and a sharp electrical current enter her back. As she dropped to the ground, she recognized three conspirators from the sauna, and with her last moment of conscious thought... Felt ever so slightly relieved to no longer have to make that choice herself. Thank you for listening to MTO Bike Thief and the wonderful cast that includes Adrienne Richards, Eric Davis, Matthew Keys, Corey Tamimic, Don Ford, Jonathan Dubsky, Jesse Sherman, Wyatt Bowen. Alex Gravenstein, Todd Fennell, and Simon Peacock. Narrated by Daniel K. Engineering by Michael Fitch at Studio 2MO. Original score by Michael Fitch. Additional tracks, including Funkarama, C-Funk, Protofunk, Funk Game, Loop, Back Vibes, As I Figure, Bass Walker, Fast Talking, Controlled, Chaos, One-Eyed, Maestro Pop Goes, The Weasel, Anxiety, Prelude in Action, Too Cool, Cold Funk, Back on Track, Cool Rock, Just Nasty, Dub Eastern, Anguished, DD Groove, Longing and Concern, all provided by Kevin MacLeod. Acoustic Blues, Ice Cold Namaste, provided by Audiotronics. And Direct Video, provided by Chris Zabriskie. All of these, I should mention, are provided under a Creative Commons license. So, thank you. You like what you hear? Well, keep listening and tell your friends. Hate it? Tell your friends it's great and watch their excitement melt away as you laugh in ironic judgment, you sick son of a bitch. The next episode can be found exactly where you found this one. So, good luck.